We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithane.org.au. But uh, what I want to look at today in our series, Have You Ever Wondered Why? Now, no one will be able to identify with this one, but have you ever wondered why the Christian life can be such a battle? (laughs) Have you ever wondered why the Christian life can be such an incredible battle? God's got something for you this morning. Absolutely, I really believe this morning, God's got something to speak into your life. Even if it's just one line, if it's a sentence, if it's a concept, you need to grab this today. It is so important for such a time as this. Let me pray. Lord, this morning, we've acknowledged that you are the Lord of creation, the King of everything. And I wanna pray this morning, Lord, as we go to your word, as we, we speak out your word, your victory, I want to declare that the enemy is defeated. I want to declare that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I want to say, Lord, thank you that it's our faith that overcomes the world. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come in power, that, Lord, you'd move in our hearts, that you would speak, you'd speak to us this morning, that we would leave this place with absolute gems of how to do battle to be victors and to move forward in the power of God, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me say to you, it all starts with someone who wants to rob you. Do you realize there is someone who wants to rob you? There's a thief out there and the thief wants to take from you what is rightly yours. Now, have you ever been robbed? Who's ever been robbed? Do you know, have you ever been robbed? We've been robbed. And when we've been robbed, it's a feeling as though someone's absolutely defiled you, as someone came and took something that is not theirs to take, and they've taken it. I remember when the church used to be in Second Avenue and the manse where we lived, the the church house was right next door. One Sunday night, we're we're there in church, we'd finished church. The kids usually go home first and then we'd come home after them and they come racing back to say, someone's been in our house, someone has robbed us during church. So we we raced over and walked into the um, lounge and dining room and there was stuff everywhere. So someone had ransacked everything. And because of insurances, we had to get the church secretary secretary over there to have a look through and note the different things. And they went through each room. Some rooms they'd touched, some rooms that they hadn't touched. We're so pleased the kids didn't go over any earlier. But the um, church secretary went into Anna's room, our daughter Anna then, probably about 10 years old. She's not here today, so I've got the freedom to tell the story. And there in her room, the church secretary said, man, they have just absolutely ransacked your room. They have gone through everything. The wardrobes are open, the stuff are everywhere. And Anna pipes up and said, no, they haven't touched my room. It's just normally like this. And we're trying to say, Anna, shush, 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 shush. You're going to dig the hole deeper. We will never forget that. Hers was the room that was robbed by her (laughs) every single day. Theft is a big 
deal. We don't want anyone taking from us. But there's a major theft going on in people's lives today and so many people are missing it. The Bible says, John 10, 10, that the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy, but Jesus has come that we might have life. The thief is taking from us what God intended us to have and is undermining the peace that we need to have. Ephesians 1.13, Scripture says, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. There is a spiritual blessing for those who are in Jesus. He has blessed us with so much. Now, let me put this in perspective, and you may have missed this. God has blessed you with stuff. He's blessed you with your gifts, spiritual gifts. He's blessed you with talents. He's blessed you with finances, as we've heard this morning. He has blessed you with so much. And He has entrusted these things to us and they are so valuable to Him because He uses these things to build His kingdom and let people know about Jesus. So the gifts that you have, the spiritual gifts, it's so important that you keep those and use those because God has entrusted you there for Him to use through you and they are precious to Him and I trust that they are precious to you. Your talents that God has given you, your, your finances, your abilities, the stuff that God has given you. He has entrusted these things to you for the sake of the kingdom. And what the thief is trying to do, he is doing everything he can to stop you from using these for the kingdom. He's trying to get you discouraged. He's trying to defocus you. He's trying to get you to look away from where God wants to be and stopping you from using what he's entrusted into your life for the short time that you're here on this earth so that you can use it for His kingdom. And if we talk to many Christians, oh, I've given up on church. What they really said is, I've stopped using my time, my gift, my ability, my talents for God. Where He wants me to build His church and build His kingdom. Yes, there's other things we can use them on, but God loves the church and He so much wants to see the church built up powerfully. So the enemy comes to try and personally rob us so that we'll give up, that we'll get discouraged and we'll stop moving on in the power of God. For some, he's stolen your joy. For some people, you used to have joy. It's been stolen. Life's got tough, so your joy has been stolen. For some people, your life is in chaos and, and the, the enemy has come in and he's stolen your peace. For some people, your harmony and your relationships, they've been stolen. Home is a battlefield. It's no longer the place you go to for rest and relaxation. If that's the case, I want to tell you, you've been stolen from. There's a thief and he wants to steal from you. Others' opportunities, doors that should have opened that haven't opened because they've been stolen from you. Your purpose may have been stolen. For some people, your health is being stolen. And be aware of that, that the enemy is trying to steal from us everything he can to stop us from honouring God and being the people that God wants us to be. For some people, your resources, your prosperity has been stolen from you. From some people, their identity has been stolen. 
They don't know who they are. For some people, the whole challenge, they don't know whether they're male or female. And God made us male or female. And there are systems now to accommodate what the enemy has done in stealing from people that ability to absolutely know their identity, to know who they are and what they have been called to do. That's what he's doing. We can see it everywhere. He's doing this. Some, their life has been ripped off with so many bad things. Whatever the devil has stolen, you have the right to reclaim it. Where you've been ripped off, in Jesus' name, you have the right to get back and reclaim it for him. I want to help you to get back what is stolen. And to do that, I'm going to dive in the Scripture into 1 Samuel 30, and it's the whole chapter, verses 1 to 30. Verses 1 to 30. I'm not going to read it. I'd love you at some time, maybe after the service, to sit down and read it. But there are some incredible gems here and powerful stuff. There are 30 verses of how to get back what you have stolen. It's about David. David's one of the most amazing um, guys who ever lived, a follower of Jesus, wrote most of the Psalms he had in his life. He had ups and downs, but he hung on and he kept pushing, leaning into God no matter what. His situation starts where he was leading an army. The army had left their the t- place of Ziglag, the town of Ziglag, the area of Ziglag, they had left that. They were out doing battle. So all the men with David were out doing battle. And while they're out doing battle, another, the Amalites, come in and they robbed the whole town. They took their women, they took the children, they burned everything they had, they took their animals, they took everything while these guys were out there doing their stuff. And when they come back to Ziglag, they realised that they had been robbed, absolutely robbed. Imagine getting back to the town, and as you get back to the town, every child, every woman, everything you own, everything absolutely stolen from you. Absolutely in a predicament. This morning I want to ask you, what has the devil taken from you? What has the enemy taken from you that should be back in your possession? What stuff have you been fighting for and praying through that you've given up because you've thought you prayed too long or you fought too long? It's in the enemy's possession. That's the challenge. And while we still have breath and while we still have life, we have the ability to fight the spiritual battle to get back, which is rightly ours. And we need to do that. There's a battle going on. It's raging. It's getting stronger. But church, we need to step up. We need to start to pray and we need to lean in and we need to push through until we see the victory. David realised this. Getting back, there was absolutely nothing. David had been ripped off come back from battle and they cried so much in verse 3 said they cried so much there were no more tears left to cry their eyes have gone so dry because they tried they cried and they weep because everything of theirs that they had valued had been ripped off by the enemy they could cry no more when the enemy comes in he not only wants to take your stuff but he wants to destroy you your emotional stability and your well-being. That's the battle. 
that is on today. Some people believe, I'm a Christian, never going to happen to me. Open up your spiritual eyes, read the Word of God, and see what happens. Now, I want to say this, and I want to say this with every bit of love I can, and please don't interpret me wrong, but let's hear what the Word of God has said. Why were the women and children and everything plundered? Because the men weren't there. The men had left and they weren't there to spiritually, physically, emotionally do what they had been called to do. And that's a challenge, men. If you have a family, you have got a spiritual responsibility to be the head of that family to be that spiritual head, to pray over your family, to pray a spiritual protection and all honour to, to, to men and women and equality and all the honour there. But when I'm talking Scripture and I'm talking about spiritual headship, Bible is talking about men, you need to step up and be spiritual heads. And for ladies who husbands aren't Christians, you need to step up and be the spiritual head and have a covering over your family and all that you own and what you have. We need people, men, stepping up. It's time now to step up. When God revived in, in a town that we're ministering to, he just held the ladies back until the men stepped up. So the men started to learn to pray. The men started to learn what it was to do warfare prayer with the powers of darkness. He held them back until they learned what it was for men to step up. These men were absent, and while they were absent, everything they owned was plundered. When the devil can get rid of men being men, as God intended men to be men, then the, devil opened, the door is open for the devil, and he causes havoc. Absolute havoc. We need to step up. When Adam, Adam wrecked everything, hey, it's been wrecked ever since because the enemy was allowed to come in. We need to take our stand. The enemy in Ephesians 4.27 is looking for an opportunity, an open door, an unlocked window where he can come in and start to plunder you and plunder your households. He sets up circumstances. He sets up situations. And then he starts to plunder Keep our spiritual eyes open. Remember, sin opens the door to the enemy. We've got to deal with sin. We've got to deal with our circumstances. Otherwise, the enemy will come flooding in. That's what he's trying to do. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So verse 6, David's house was burnt. His family was gone. And he was just so distraught. And all the guys turned on him and said, we want to stone you, David, it's your fault. Imagine how he felt when he had so much pain, so much hurt, so much grief in his heart. And then all of a sudden, people blame other people when things go wrong rather than blaming the enemy. David hadn't stolen this. David hadn't set this up. The enemy came in and plundered. And how often do we blame someone else when it's the enemy trying to break us down, to break our circumstances, to break our relationships, to break our families, to break our kids, to break our finances, to break our jobs? That's what the enemy tries to do. 
It was so, so difficult for him. Focus on where the battle's coming from. Be like policemen. Policemen see guns in use. They don't go around and arrest all the guns. They arrest the gun owners. They deal with the real problem. David could have got so embittered that he didn't see what the real problem was. But he saw what the real problem was, that the enemy had plundered their stuff. And he went to God and said, God, I need to get this back. Now, this is how you need to hear this, because for you, there might be something that you need to get back. There might be something that the enemy's come and taken from you, that it's time that you don't just sit back and say, well, have have the plunder, but you start to go back and get it back. And this is how he got it back. How do you get it back? Verse six, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He went to God. He went to God because God's got the answer. When there's a spiritual battle, God's got the answer. God is victorious. God is all powerful and greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So that is God. Go to God. He strengthened himself in the Lord. He didn't just talk to all his friends because he had no friends left. They all wanted to stone him. He didn't go and see a counsellor. He didn't go to um, the grog. He didn't go to porn. He didn't have an affair. He didn't go to um, anything else. He went to God because he realised this is a spiritual battle and God has got the answer and God is going to set me free. He strengthened himself in the Lord and he spent time with God. If everything is gone, You need to start to strengthen yourself in God. And we can see how he strengthened himself in God because he's written a whole book about it, the Psalms, about God strengthening David and what happened in the book of Psalms. He actually wrote it down, Psalm 42. Oh my God, oh my soul, why are you so downcast? Even though I don't see it now, I know God can do it. I have a downcast soul, but I'm going to push into God no matter what. Oh, my soul, don't be downcast. Lean into God. Don't give up. Afraid of how you're going to make it through? Psalm 34. He writes, I magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. My fears, they've got to look up to you. My fears, they've got to look up to God and declare that God is the sufficient one. God, let me magnify you in the midst of my circumstances. Let fears, you've got to magnify God because you're the God of more than enough. You can't think you're not going to make it. Hey, start leaning into God and magnifying Him. If it looks like nothing is working out in your life, go to Psalm 23, guys. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. His rod, His staff, they comfort me. Even in the presence of my enemies, you're going to prepare a table for me because you are with me. You'll never leave me. God gives back your soul when you realise that He's the God of more than enough. Read Psalm 23. Psalm 73, I was about to give up on God. All the wicked people, everybody else was getting ahead of me. I had given up. I've just given up God. And then he saw everyone starting to get ahead of him. And he said, my feet have slipped. I've almost lost my foothold. 
I will depend on you, my God, because you are my refuge and you are my strength. And I declare that over someone's life today, God is your refuge. God is your strength. Your feet may be slipping. It may be a bit of a slide, but God is your rescue. God is your strength. So he strengthened himself in the Lord. The second thing he did is very, very interesting. Verse seven, he says to the priest, bring the ephod to me. Let me explain the ephod for those who don't know it, just very quickly. The ephod in those times was a garment that the priest had. And if the priest wanted to go to the temple and wanted to know God's direction for the next step that he had to do, he'd put the ephod on. So he'd put this um, garment on that was sleeveless. And on that garment, there was a plating, a shield plating in the front, and then also a couple of stones as well and other things that, that were around the neck of it. And as they wore this and they went to God, God would give them some direction. David realized, I need direction from God. Everything I've got's gone. I need direction from God. So he went to the priest and he said to the priest, I need to borrow the ephod because I've got to hear from God personally about my next step. Do you need to hear from God personally about your next step? Because you can. And that's where we give up too soon because we think we can't, but we can. We don't need an ephod. Let me go on a bit further. So David wanted to hear from God himself. So he put on the ephod and he went and he sought God. Now for Christians, sometimes we think we've just, the Bible's there and it's so general. The Bible has three different words we can use when we talk about scriptures. One is the graphia. The graphia means just writing, that a graphia. You've probably got a graphia in your phone because you've got the Bible in writing. Some of you will have it in, in a booklet form today. It's just the writing. The graphia of the word is just the writing of the word. Then we go to something deeper, which is the logos, which is what the written word implies. So as we look at the logos and we look at the word of God, the logos is really clear and precise in some things. It talks about not sinning. It talks about trusting God. It talks about salvation. It talks about hope. And it's very black and white and very clear and, and very strong and general. And that's why we take a stand on a number of things because we believe the written word of God and we stand on that because God has given us. And that is amazing and we step on that. But here is David. He didn't have all that. And when he's there praying, God, well, what do I do? Everything is plundered, everything is gone. Where do I go from here? To read thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not do this or that isn't going to help him at the moment. He needs the next step. And for sometimes in our lives, we need the next step that we need to go to God and get the next step. And that is the Rema Word of God, the specific application to us and our situation that the Holy Spirit gives us as we spend time praying and asking Him to show us what He wants. God, specifically in my situation, if you've been praying about someone and you've just been praying for the last 15 years, general prayer, I want to suggest now is the time to go to God and say, God, would you give me a ream of word on how to specifically pray for this person? And it might be a prayer like, God, I just release him or her from the grips of the devil. I break down the lies that the devil has sown into this person's life. And God, I pray that your mighty power will just zoom into the hearts and 
and their lives and their soul and they'll just see what they need to see. Maybe that's what you need to look at. David had to do that. He needed to have that Rima word of God. It's about football. Playing a game of football, there is a rule book. You don't just end up in the field with two teams and do your own thing. There's a rule book and you've got to follow the rules and so many passes and that's it. So many kicks, that's it. There's rules. There's the rules and regulations. But when they're on the field, the, um, the football field, they find they need to do specific things to beat the other team. It might be say, hey, let's go to the left. Let's go to the right. There's a weak spot there right in the middle. So let's go straight up the middle. They look at it and someone might call it, the captain or someone might call it as they're actually doing the play one step at a time. And from God sometimes, we need that ream of word where God is going to call it right now that we'll know what God is saying to us in our Pacific situation right now. God, what do I need to do? How do I need to pray? How do I need to change this? Do I need to keep going on? And that's what David needed. God, what do you want from me? I need to get these people back. Where do I go? And 1 Samuel 38 says, And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, God answered. You will certainly overtake them and you'll succeed in your rescue. It's great to know an answer from God. Go get them, was what God was saying. So they, they prayed and now... Rather than complaining, they got into it. Yes, God has says we've got to track them down. We've got to get them. So faith leapt into it once at a time. God didn't give them yet specifically where they go. They just knew they had to go and they had to find them and they had to fight, but they had to find them. So they just went in what they thought was the right direction. Sometimes when we're being led by the Lord, God lets you make some of the decisions. As long as you keep moving, they would get nowhere if they stayed in in zigzag in a burnt down camp and said, we're waiting for God to make our feet go in front of us. They prayed. God said, yes, go and reclaim your women and your children, all that you have. But then they had to make the decision, okay, we need to go in some direction. We need to start going, let's go. And sometimes we don't have because we're still sitting there saying, God, would you do it all for me? And God doesn't always do it all for you. You're part of your answer to your prayer. So they went and they went and they went in a certain direction and then they come across this guy who was sick and ill and partly dying, an Egyptian in a field. And David had to make a choice. He saw this guy in the field. We have big business. We're there to get our wives and our children back and there's a person in need. He had to make a decision, do they just keep on the task or do they help the person in need? Because David had a heart and we see that in the Psalms that he had a heart, rather than just going on about his business in the midst of his circumstances, he realised that other people mattered to God and other people need to matter to him. So in the midst of it all, he still cared for other people. So he stopped everybody, he went over to this Egyptian and started to minister to him. And the Egyptian was starving to death and really sick. So he gave him food and he gave him water and they started to talk. And he asked, where were you from? And the Egyptian said, I've just come. I'm part of that terrorist group that raided Ziglag and we took all these women and children. But because I was a bit sick and not feeling well, my, my um, leader gave up on me <laughs> and left me for dead. 
And he said, I know where they've taken the women. I know where the children are, and I know where all your belongings is. David could have missed that if his heart wasn't big enough to realize that there are other people in the journey. Never miss those sorts of things when you're on a journey, when God is there. Sometimes the thing that you think is the least is gonna be a stepping stone to the answer to your prayers. It may be you on a bad day getting up and still worshiping. It may be you in the midst of how you're feeling to go and strengthen someone else. It may be you in the midst of some, something when you, when you don't have a lot to give and bless someone else and in that act of blessing others and being Jesus to other people that God opens up and reveals all that he has for you. God wants to release you from everything that the enemy has lied to you about. It's time, rather than leaving the thief there taking stuff, start claiming things back. It's time for us, I believe, as churches across our nations, it's about time for us for, as Christians to start reclaiming that which the enemy has. And yes, you've prayed about it. Yes, you've tried hard, but never, ever, ever give up because the next prayer could be your answer. And that's what it is. Don't give up. Keep praying, keep leaning in, keep reclaiming back that which is rightly yours. Let me finish with a story you all know. It's a little simple story. It's about Jack and a beanstalk. The story, there's many different sorts of stories around this, but Jack... Jack and his mother had nothing. They had one cow. The last cow they had, mum said, this is all we've got. Son, can you take this to the market? Can you sell it and get as much money as you can because you need all this money because we need to do something. We've got nothing left. So Jack on the way was, met this wheeler and dealer and he told them about these three beans and these are amazing beans. If he planted these beans, they would grow up into a giant beanstalk and feed you forever so Jack fell for the plan and he got the three beans and he went back to his mum he said mum look I've got three beans for the cow how would you feel I remember the day we didn't have much money and I went to the shop and the bread was fresh and the bread smelled so nice on the way home so I just started to eat from one end I got to the front door and I'm just swinging this loaf of bread around my arm because it's all gone. My mother wasn't pleased because we didn't have anything. I said, she said, how did that happen? I said, man, they must have some big mice at the shop there. <laughs> she saw the rat amongst it all and boy, did I get into trouble. But here they are, three beans, nothing else. The mother's so frustrated, she just throws the beans out the, the window. Next morning, you know the story, the beanstalks grew right up high and Jack climbed up the beanstalk and he got into the, the city up, up above in the clouds. Walks there and saw this giant. He saw this giant in charge of the land and this giant was absolutely in charge of the land and defiling everything else. And he went into this castle and there in the castle, he saw the giant coming, so he hid. And the giant come in, the giant had this golden chicken and the golden chicken laid the golden egg. And as Jack saw it, 
He then realized this castle belonged to his dad. It was his father's castle. That golden chicken should have been his father's chicken. That golden egg should have been his father's egg. But the giant had killed his father. So as the inheritance, it was really Jack's. So everything he saw there and everything he saw that the giant had plundered was really his. This was his stuff. But the thief had come in and he had claimed ownership to it all. And Jack had absolutely nothing. But the giant saw Jack and he realised who he was and he realised that he was the thief and he was the one plundering the very land that belonged to Jack and he started chasing Jack to kill him like he did his dad. And as Jack ran, he thought, this is mine, this is mine, this rightly belongs to me, I need it back, I need it back. And he goes down the the giant beanstalk, the giant comes down, he chops down the beanstalk and the giant dies. And that which really was Jack went back to him. Belonged to his father, his father gave to him and now it was back to him. I wanna tell you this morning, there's another tree that connects heaven and earth. There's an incredible vine that's got some amazing branches. And that connection is so important. And the worst thing we can do with that vine that connects us to heaven, allow the enemy to come and steal from you, which is rightly yours. The stuff that God wants you to have, the stuff that God ordained for you to have, the stuff that God ordained for you to be, the person that God created you to be, we need to bring it back. We need to grab it, boldly declare in the presence of Almighty God that I am coming back and I'm gonna get back, which is rightly mine for the sake of the kingdom. And you know what? All of heaven is on your side. All is heaven is on your side because it was given to you. Can you stand? This morning, just let the Holy Spirit speak to your spirit. So easy to look at the person next door or think of someone else and say, yeah, they need to hear that message. Today, the Holy Spirit wants to say to you, every one of us has been robbed in some way. If you're stepping forward in God, you're being robbed. You need to know what it is. You need to come and get it back. Plunder the enemy's territory and claim it back. God, this morning. God, this morning, in the name of Jesus, for people who are online and people who are here. God, I want to claim back that which you have given us. I pray, Lord, for gifts, abilities, talents, treasures, relationships, joy, peace, identity, in the name and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, I claim that back. I pray, Father, that people now will start to stand up and claim it back for themselves, to declare that I'm a child of God. I'm bought with a price. 
I want to stand firm and I just give the enemy his marching orders over my life, over someone else's life they've been praying for. And I declare from this point that God, we reclaim that which is ours, which you have given us. And we stand firm in the power of the name of Jesus. And we say, Holy Spirit, let it be. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I speak Jesus into this situation. I speak the power of the Name of Jesus over every circumstance, over every situation. I speak the Name of Jesus against the enemy and where He's come and robbed me, I claim it back in the Name of Jesus. And whatever it's gonna take, whatever journey I need to do, this morning, Lord, in the Name of Jesus, I make that decision to do it in Jesus' mighty, holy Name. Amen.